Hi. Welcome. My name is Yura Glaw. I'm a radical honesty trainer. And this is my honesty, where I get to be me and something else should follow this statement, but I don't really have anything better to say right now. I'm going to spend a little bit more time to make sure that you can hear me and you can see me. And if you do, show yourself. Hmm. Look how red is this red cup. Hmm. So today I want to talk about completion talk. Um, Completion talk is specifically taken from um, radical honesty um, workshops, where we say that at some we all have accumulated unfinished business with people in our lives, and in order to and we bring that unfinished business in our future relationships, we learn how to behave in the way that would protect us from past events in connection to people that would protect us from losing the connections with people that are important to us. And so we'll bring those strategies in our future relationships that probably are not really necessary there. So at some point when you go to a radical honesty workshop, we teach you how to express yourself, how to make agreements, um, how to tell the truth, how to notice your experience, we teach the difference between thinking and noticing, which eventually helps you to process your experience in a way that you can um, be present moment to moment to your, your own thoughts and feelings and the environment that you're in. Um, and also what helps to bring you back to the presence and what helps you to be more honest in life and what helps you not to bring the unfinished business in your life is to go back and talk to the people that you um, still think about, have repetitive thoughts about, people that you feel obsessed about, people you idealize, people you feel mad at, people you feel hurt by, um, and to tell the truth what really happened to you, what are you really thinking, what you're feeling, and um, what are you planning to do with your life? Tell the truth about yourself. Like, uncover the curtain and be like, this is me. This is how I feel about what I remember, what happened, and how I feel about it. So we call it a completion talk because eventually you're supposed to reach this state of forgiveness. And forgiveness is not something that we strive to achieve, or at least I don't strive to achieve forgiveness. Forgiveness, just like connection, it's always there. Um, and when you work on what's in the way for you experiencing forgiveness, which is usually a withholding, lying, pretending, um, most of the time is withholding though, um, then forgiveness emerges when you're holding onto something. And this is where I, if you don't know what I mean by emotional completion or forgiveness, I want you to, after this live, to scroll down and to watch my live video on emotional completion and also a video about telling the truth, which I'm explaining the biological aspect 
of how it works to tell the truth, which I'm going to skip today. I'm going to be talking about the talking aspect of the completion talk. So how to do the communication, how to have that honest conversation with, the, with important people in your life so that you can come out with some sense of neutrality towards them, towards what happened, towards yourself. And you can go into similar situations or meet similar people and you would not have such intense triggering reaction as you would have if before the honest conversation. So, yeah. And then I will, I actually would like to answer some questions. I use my amazing Telegram group to, to fill me up with questions. So they have provided some questions. I also want you to take some time now as you are watching me. I want you to close your eyes, listen to my voice, sit, relax, and think about the people in your life that you keep on thinking about, people that you were playing scenarios with people that you have some sort of conversations in your mind as you walk through life, when you're reading a book, who pops into your mind, who draws your attention, or when you feel nervous and anxious, who do you want to impress? Who are the people that you would like to have, that they have a good opinion of you? Those are the people that you probably have some unfinished business with, which I mean, you just have a withholding. There's something that happened in contact with that person that you either hold back or pretend it or smiled away. You felt hurt, but then you pretend and you're fine. There's something you wanted to, you feel moved to speak and you didn't. Remember those people and just have one or two of them in mind. Because as I'm going to give this, this little lecture, I want you to check whether you can have a completion talk with them. And... If you have any questions of how, if I don't answer the hows, I want you to write me the, the questions down so that I can address them at the, at the end of this live. All right. So this is my agenda for today. <clears throat> I also wanna just to remind you the benefits of telling the truth, right? Telling the truth is the opposite of withholding pretending or telling saying something that is not what you're actually thinking or feeling so when you decide to tell the truth or like the state the way you are in life when you are honest and when you moment by moment like little like little kids you tell the truth you experience release tension in the body it reduces your stress levels um Telling the truth naturally regulates your nervous system. Just like expressing and sharing, it, it just regulates this being here. It increases your awareness, sharpens your perception, because there's no distraction anymore. So you're present, you're focused, you can focus on one thing. Um, it naturally energizes, uh, because there's nothing that you're pressing down anymore, so you feel more alivened and engaged in reality and you want to interact with things that are around you. Um, it also releases creative input. So suddenly you have extra thoughts and um, ideas of the things you want to do in life. Um, telling the truth follows by a sense of warmth and appreciation towards your environment and courage and content with yourself. Like, yeah, I have spoken for myself. I stood up, I showed up in the world 
it feels good. Um, it also creates a sense of connection and integrity to oneself, oneself and surrounding. So you feel kind of whole and uh, you feel like you deserve to be here on this world. And you, you, there's a sense that you can always interact and express yourself. Um, eliminates doubt, persistent thinking, fear and shame. shame. Like for shame and fear, also scroll to my previous videos and watch uh, about the fear and shame um, videos also about overthinking um, gives a sense of physical alignment um, inner harmony emotional neutrality the way you know that completion talk worked is that you feel neutral towards the person yourself and your surroundings you're not judging you're not criticizing you're not chewing on yourself there's nothing else that you want to say you just feel like huh I'm good now. And then you move on to the next thing that you feel curious about. It really like it, it feels a little bit like it elevates the being, shifts one experience to another and transforms states. So when you feel like chronically sad, when you tell the truth, you feel more neutral. So it transforms one states with another. And this is what I also use in my coaching. And that's why I call my work transforming transformative work because a complete expression, full expression, full radical honesty it transforms the states okay so the thing that you need to for for the completion talk to be done skillfully it's not something it's a little bit like there are so many people who, re who read the radical honesty book and then they go and tell what they think or they tell opinions or they tell crit critiques of other people. They share their judgments openly to others and they call it being radically honest because they assume that radical means brutal or radical means like, I don't give a shit. But in radical honesty, we mean that first of all, I bring my attention to myself and I keep on bringing my attention to myself and I share, tell the truth about my core, from my core, from within out from what I'm, what I'm noticing inside of my experience, including physical sensations and emotions, including what I perceive in the outside world, in the physical reality, and the meanings that I make of what I notice. That is radical honesty. And so first of all, we want people to do a workshop because the only place where you can learn to differentiate and... Um, start noticing and reporting out loud, which is what radical honesty in, in reality is, noticing reporting practice, um, is that we want, I forgot what I was going for. I want, I want you to learn, first of all, radical honesty. Before you do any completion talk, you can go and have a conversation, but before, in order to do it skillfully, I want you to do a, at least a workshop where you know what we mean by saying radical honesty and what it looks like, feels like, embody the, the reality of being honest, of really noticing being you and reporting. I'm having troubles. We're having trouble streaming to Facebook. This may be an issue on Facebook's end. Is it possible the stream was ended or deleted on Facebook? We'll keep trying to let you know if it's resolved. Okay, so Facebook, I'm out. I'm dropped on Facebook, seems. 
Click, click, click. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm on YouTube and on Instagram. Good on me. So first of all, in the radical honesty workshop, we want you to notice, to know the difference between noticing and thinking, because it's like, this is the most basic. There is, this is what makes radical di honesty different from any kind of honesty, is that it is a noticing and reporting practice. And there's a very distinct and specific way to do it. It's not just sharing your opinions and thoughts. It's not trying to convince the other person. It's noticing when faults are emerging in your mind, what you perceive in the physical reality and what you perceive happening in your body. And it's a, it's a communicating Dan, communicating Dan, that is like a dance that you do of all three aspects. Now, when you learn that and when you know it, um, that will increase your chances or the possibility of experiencing that emotional neutrality that I call forgiveness and experience that kind of connection to clear up whatever it's in the way to experience the connection. Now, in each, at the end of each workshop, we prepare people how to have completion conversations. And we ask the same kind of question, who do you have unfinished business with? The way you know that you have unfinished business with is that you're having repetitive, repetitive thoughts. You're obsessed about someone, you're having conversations with them in your mind. Um, you're judging others, you're judging yourself. Um, you feel frustrated about people, you like you have some sort of expectations and they don't fulfill it, but you don't really communicate that and then you get upset over and over again. Um, idealizing someone, though it's an, an expressed appreciation. There's some like you experience love and mm, expansion in your body and you held that back as well. So that will result in idealization that will potentially result in resentment. Um, tension in your body that you cannot explain, um, migraine, um, trouble sleeping, anxiety, stutter, depression, difficulty to focus, and substance abuse. These are all signs of, of as well as trauma response, as well as unfinished business. So the the subtle symptoms, like the psychosomatic symptoms, I believe it's all unfinished, unfinished business, but you cannot work on those just by learning about radical honesty. You need to do te trauma therapy and work as well with a professional to integrate those parts of you that you had to disconnect with in order to survive in an environment that caused you into this like chronic disconnect from yourself that cause you some sort of psychosomatic symptoms. Avoiding people and or situations, procrastinating is a big one. So many people are judging themselves for procrastinating or not being able to finish projects. Procrastination is usually a, a sign of unfinished business with someone. There's someone you want to please and you're resisting. There's, there is a approval or connection you want to have with a person, but maybe it's not available or there's some sort of fucker in between you two, like with a parent-child relationship that you cannot comply to that, your, your mind that is, appears to be in your best interest. And also feeling hurt or having a longing 
um, to another person is also an unfinished business. So if you notice that you have any of those things, which I imagine some of you do, um, then think of who are the people and make a list of at least three people that you have these, what I call unfinished businesses with and see whether you can Im just imagine whether you can tell them the truth. And if not, then this is where I want you to go to a workshop to learn, get skilled in noticing reporting that would help you to integrate your physical experience um, or work in therapy or with professional or with me or somebody else who knows how to do completion work. Mm. Now, before, so I assume that you attended a workshop, you learned the distinction between noticing and thinking, and you 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 are you have some sort of ability of taking charge of your attention. Now, I imagine you're going to talk with that person, your parent, for example to tell them that you feel hurt or angry at them or sad or you feel helpless around them or you feel stuck around them. There's some sort of a stagnation in your life that you think might be caused by some unfinished business with them. There's something that you want to tell them. You're mad about something that they said or did and you want to clear it out. So first of all, check whether people ask me, how to know when to do the completion talk and when but it's better not. Check with yourself that some people, there's always gonna be fear before you go to a completion talk. The reason why we withhold information and pretend we're fine where we're not because we're afraid that if we do share, something bad's gonna happen. So our mind and our, our thinking, we have prepared already scenarios and justifications why we shouldn't be going and having those conversations. Something really bad is going to happen. Most of the time, nothing bad really happens. You just, you're being washed with uncomfortable sensations. Uh, although in some other cases, danger is real. If you come from a household of abusive um, parents or siblings, then it's different situation for you. Do not listen to what I'm saying from now on because it's, this is not for you. This this live is for normal neurotics who who grew up in normalized dysfunctional environments and not in hostile environments. If you are if you if you are if you do come from a hostile environment and there is a real threat and danger for your life for going back there and telling, you know, having conversations, then skip whatever I'm saying and go to therapy, work with a professional. There is a way how you can integrate those feelings until you feel like you build up a little bit more of yourself and your own character and have, and you can get either a bigger friend, someone that is scared, scary looking to go there with you so that will protect you if something bad happens. So that side note very important for a specific type of, for one group of people. Now for people like me who <laughs> have a different kind of hostile environment, which is very subtle and very normalized, mm, notice whether you can take charge of your attention. Because what happens to me is that when I go to talk with my parents, for example, my attention is hijacked by my mind. And then I believe that, oh, it's not important. This is, this is just a small thing. It's not important. Oh, she said that. It's not really important. So, and then I ignore 
all the buildup that happens in my body because my nervous system is so hyped up that I dissociate into thinking. And my, my thinking is like, oh, this is not like, this is just a small thing. Or I feel completely numb and I substitute, like gives myself some sort of a stimulation by thinking, watching TV or snacking to keep myself alive and survive in this environment that is not really dangerous, but my body has completely shut down and perceive it, perceive it as, um, I don't know, something that I just, like, if I shut down and pretend to be dead, maybe they will walk away and nothing's bad going to happen. So if you notice that you dissociate, if you go to uh, have those conversations with your parents, for example, if you notice that you dissociate or you feel numb or you feel like you're building up and you cannot speak or you have the tension in your throat, in your chest or your belly and you can't express yourself, then go back to a professional and be like, and work either the hot seat work, go back to a workshop, say, this is what I'm having, work on that, come to me or any other professional that can help you to integrate those tensions, stagnations, places of numbness when you're in contact with those people. If you can take charge of your attention and you're not hijacked by a nervous system, if you can be present um, with a person, then say something like, hey, so... I noticed I've been thinking about our conversation and I want to tell you that I'm mad at you for whatever you said or did, or I wanted, I, I'm sad at you for what you said or did. And you, and you keep your attention to yourself as you speak and feel your body as you speak. And then bring your attention to the other person. Notice the sounds that they're, that are penetrating your ear and notice your own meaning that you're making of what this person is saying and report that. I hear you say, I make a meaning or imagine this is what you mean. Is that what you mean? And have a conversation. It's like ping pong style. You throw a ball, the other person throws you a ball, you hit the ball. And so you, one person speaking, the other per pause, the other person is listening, pause speaking, listening. Mm. Right. So don't know where to go from here now. So I made these notes, but those notes, like I don't know how to connect them with the thing that I think I should be saying next. So I'm having a mind over matter experience right now. What should I choose? <laughs> mm -hmm. So when you do go to, when you're having a completion conversation, if you have charge of your attention, you can stay with your own experience and keep on reporting and expressing your noticing from the inside out to the other person, what you notice that as you tell the truth about what you notice in your experience, your experience changes. And at some point when you know that you have completed whatever you hadn't finished, whatever you wanted to say, because there's no more thoughts coming, you just sort of like, I was like, hmm, yeah, I don't know what to do right now. I don't know what to say. And you feel relieved, emotionally neutral, Kind of like, 
here I am. There's nothing, nothing. I think I'm done. And the other person might be still mad or hurt. And then if you want to, you can hold space for them and like, okay, so I, I hear your tone of voice and I imagine I'm interpreting it that you're still hurt and angry. Is there anything that I can do for you? How can I support you in this? You matter. You're important. Um, and then the other person might, you know, go bananas and be like, how dare you? This is such a power trip, what you're doing. I don't need your help. You just hurt me all the time. And then you can say, well, I didn't mean to hurt if you didn't mean to hurt. Or if you meant to hurt, it's like, yeah, I didn't mean to hurt you. And I'm still mad at you because we want to hurt other people when we're still hurt and mad at them. So you, if you notice that you're still mad, when you report that you're mad, your experience shifts into something else, you might notice that something else is there, like hurt. And then you say, I feel hurt. And you let yourself feel hurt for a while. And then something else emerges in your experience, like sadness. And then you, you say, I feel sad. And you, you just stay sad for a little while. It takes 90 seconds for experience to, to come and go. Then something else emerges, maybe some warmth and movement in your chest and appreciation. Say, I appreciate you for looking at me. I appreciate you for being here. And then you might notice something else emerges. Maybe there is another wave of anger about the times when the person was not there available, was not listening and looking at you. And you say, I'm mad at you for the times that you didn't look at me. Or I'm mad at you for looking at me right now. I'm mad at you for being here. Because I imagine you were not there for me at the, those other times. And then you, you stay angry and something else happens in your experience. And that the other person does their own, like they're playing their own version of ping pong if they don't know radical honesty, which is most cases is the truth. It's way easier when two people know radical honesty. That's why we do recommend you to bring, come with friends, siblings, parents to learn together because it works. It just makes communication more sufficient functionally. It, it, it helps to be on the same page together. When you're not, which is most, most of the times, then you need to establish your rules of the ping pong and stick to your rules of the ping pong because your parents or your siblings or the or your friends they are they learn one version and if you are not matching on that version so if the other person learned to to manipulate right and communicate they you probably are friends because you match on that communication level so if you change your strategy and you communicate in with intention to share not to manipulate not to change the other person, then that person is very confused because you're, you're, it seems like you're not communicating, you're not getting me, you don't understand me because you're not responding to my manipulation with manipulation or submission. I don't get it. I don't know how it's done then. So in that case, it's for you to inform if you want to still be friends with that person, for you to inform them what is it that you're doing and what you want them to say or what you would would ideally expect them to say and respond to you. I often want my my friends to like me and I'm willing to do something or say something for them to like me. Um, I oftentimes perceive that when somebody is mad at me, I imagine that that's it. There's no way I can do anything for them to be mad. They're just going to be mad for me forever because that's the, that's my household. This is how I grew up. There's nothing I can do if someone is mad at me or doesn't like me. 
And then other for other people, they get mad and they want to be stimulated and they want to be approached and be told, hey, talk to me. What's what's up? And like, I really want you to like they want to be pursued. So we both will not match because when this person gets mad, I walk away. And that person understands, oh, so actually if they're not approaching me and not pursuing me, that means they're not my friend or they wish me bad or something, something. but it's just different strategies. So when you go to, when you learn radical honesty, you learn new strategies of communication. And when you start them, then obviously your environment's gonna be confused and it's up to you to inform them if you wanna be, if you want to be on the on the similar same page. Now, what happens when you do want to have a completion talk to share everything that's happening in you with a person who doesn't want to have the completion talk? Um, in that case, it really depends. And the specific question that was asked was about the ex-partner, ex-boyfriend, about the radical, so my friend, radical honesty practitioner, she wants to have a completion talk with her ex. The ex, he knows about completion talk and he's not willing to have one. So what to do in that case? It really varies. First of all, um, you can, if you like, like the first thing that you can do is to learn to soothe yourself, to stay with yourself because it hurts because it, like we feel like I want something, I cannot have it. So it's it's intense, it's, it's really sad. Like I want you, but I cannot have you or they're still angry and they will not change or you're mad and you don't know what to like, you're about to, you're imploding and you cannot express to them. So what to do? And first of all, you need to learn to soothe. Then second of all, there is a, there is a spectrum from commando honesty to consensual honesty. In commando honesty, also in the cases where you grew up with, I don't know, abusive parents, for example, and they're old now, but they're very sweet, but they were abusive to you. They didn't, like, they, they didn't really consider you while growing up. So I suggest do not consider them either and just go and do their do your thing, express yourself. The same, this is the commando honesty. When somebody doesn't want to talk to you, is not available, you go to their door, you, you knock, they open the door and you just share. You share what you feel and what you think. I feel hurt. I'm angry at you for what you said. The worst thing that's going to happen, they're going to close the door in your face. The next thing that can happen, they might call the police. When the police arrives, you can tell them what you're trying to do. Maybe police will help you to hold space for, for you to, to have that kind of conversation. Or maybe they will arrest you and then you'd be like, this is what I'm trying to do. Something else is going to happen. The third scenario is that they're going to not close the door and might yell back at you. Or they might actually listen to you. So we then, with a commando, honestly, we never know what's going to happen because you do you in this situation. And then the spectrum gradually moves into a consensual honesty where you inform your friend and you keep on asking for their permission to listen to you. And if they say no, then you're getting back to soothing yourself. Next best, next best option, you go to a professional, a radical honesty trainer, and you do hot seat work 
or a workshop or somebody holds you space while you're being coached to express yourself. Ideally, um, at some point, if one if the person doesn't want to talk to you right now, maybe they will be available in a year. Maybe they need five years. If it's still very important for you to express yourself, you can move to the spectrum of commando honesty and be persistent. Hey, I want to talk to you. There, I, it's very important for me to tell you this. It's very important for me to be in contact with you. And this is also a slippery slope because if you are a obsessive person, a maniac, and you're listening to me to what I say, then what I'm telling you right now is also can be dangerous. So <laughs> if you're dealing with people who are on the spectrum of mental illness, who don't really have a sense of boundaries and they cannot, they don't, do not understand your boundaries, then act accordingly. If somebody is not, um, well, if somebody's not respecting your boundaries, this is also very relative. This is where it's like, it gets like very mushy because there's like each person is very specific and each situation is very like has its own baggage. And it's if you're not sure, then just go to a professional and go to me or the radical answer trainer to get some advice um, to evaluate the situation. Because sometimes I have I have been I've I've been agreed to have a conversation with the people who happen to be um, on the spectrum of mental illness. And I felt drained and I didn't get why this is, that was heavy. And I felt like, what the fuck just happened? And no matter how hard I would say that I'm mad at them or hurt or feel nauseous, I would not get over it until I learned that I cannot have conversations with these people in such a, in the radical honesty way, because there's a lot of manipulation, a lot of like ugh, things happening in the background. Um. So, yeah, if somebody doesn't, if somebody that you want to talk about, for example, if your parents are old or have dementia, then it's also a, a variation. So there is one way to, like, there, there are so many ways to express yourself. There's, there is a way to express yourself. It's like, I'm mad at you for saying, rah, rah, rah. or when you feel annoyed, say, I feel annoyed and stay in contact with those people. And it's a little bit like, it's it's really, I don't really, I don't have an experience with, with having a parent with dementia. So my, I'm not trustworthy resources resource here, but with my own parents who are not really responsive, when I tell them one thing, they respond to me in a completely different, like, I don't even know what just happened. It was like a complete miscommunication, different strategies of relating. Um, for me, it is important only to express myself because when I do, I feel better. And I lost, I lost the idea that my parents need to reciprocate to me. Like I, I gave up on that. I went to therapy. I integrated the longing, and like now I know that my relationship with my parents are different. They're there for me physically, intellectually, emotionally not available. So. I take care of my own emotional needs and I seek out to them when I need them physically there or intellectually there. So the same with parents who are old and you're afraid they might get heart attack. I, 
from all the experiences because i've been i've been working with people for the last seven years now with this and just noticing the range of experiences i still suggest people to go and tell the truth and if a parent is sensitive hold yourself back a little bit and then step by step share a little bit more so have more completion conversations more completion talks that you where you share one aspect of and then let it land and then the second time another aspect and let it land and then another the other aspect and let it land and slowly have those conversations step by step um and sort of say hey i've been withholding all my life i would like to keep on revealing more and more information about myself this is this is the lifestyle i choose for myself right now i'm an adult i can do whatever i want so this is what i'm going to do parents they're amazing they raised us and they installed buttons and parents know what buttons to push to shut us down to shame us to to make us feel guilty so if you're having a parent who is more manipulative or moralistic and they think that they know like my house my rules kind of a parent then uh, it's going to be tougher it's going to be more difficult because they will demand respect and they will try to manipulate you into matching their idea of how you should be and it's up to you how much of that you want to have because it has a price the more you are like them the the less connection you feel with yourself and them so it has the choices feel more connected but that connection might be that real that it feels kind of lonely because you understand that they're not really available for you emotionally or how you want them to be available or to comply and play the role keep them whatever happy if they're if they ever can be happy and satisfied um but but like feel sort of like familiar at peace with yourself because you you did the best so there's no like the sacrifice is that you don't feel connected but there is some sort of sense of peace and familiarity between with the person so you get to choose you get to pick the price of lying with holding pretending is that it is the lesser connection less aliveness and less focus um and the price of more connection to yourself more expression more honesty in your own life means um and loss of either uh, like fake hopes loss of some real connections and loss of some really shitty connections, but very familiar ones. So you have to measure and pick what works for you in that moment. Um, so in when you learn radical honesty and when people prepare you, trainers prepare you for completion talks, some trainers will say, go and do it. Do it no matter what, no matter how, do it messy, be messy. Trauma-informed trainers will do will say something like, prepare yourself first. Make sure that you can, that your attention is not being hijacked by the nervous system. Learn some regulation. Notice what is it. It's like learn a little bit about yourself. Build up some strength in your own being with your attention. Do some practice with some like friends. Um, build up a support network some sort of a group of people who can hold you when you fall 
who can support you and approve you when you go to those parents that you depended all your life and you still depend on and they kick you out of the house, have a group of people be like, you did well, this was good for you. Now you're going to start a new life. This is, this is okay. You can, you finally going to start depend on yourself and build up your life new. This is fine. So to have that kind of group of people is important. Now, I forgot what I would say. So I'm just going to look what I wrote. What did I write? Oh no, I lost it. Mm. Ah, so the other thing that I also do, because in Radical Honesty, we also teach about moralism and how we sabotage our lives by shouldism. Most of the time when people leave workshops, they think that they should go and have those completion conversations. So I would say, go and do it if you want to. If you feel strong enough, if you have the support network and do it when you feel like I'm ready, it's time. I can't stand up for myself now. So in that case, I would say, okay, you're ready. Because when you think that you should have the, the, the conversation, that your conversation will still be led and driven by an agenda to achieve something, maybe to have a connection with them, maybe it's not available, maybe to manipulate them, or maybe to tell yourself that you've been a good boy and girl and you did, you did what the teacher said and now it's supposed to be good for you, but still not good. And it's still not good. You're still not feeling kind of complete or emotionally neutral because you did it because you think you should have done it. And so if you're, most of the time, the reason why people do not want to have those conversations because we believe what we think. It it was shit back in the day. It's going to be shit in the future as well if I say what I want to say. And the way to tackle those fears that you're having is, first of all, evaluate the danger. Will your parent have a heart attack after you tell them that you were mad at them? for the time when you were five years old, when they looked away? Or are is there a potential for you getting beaten up or kicked out of the house? Do you depend financially or physically or emotionally on those people? Evaluate the risk, because there's gonna be there's gonna be a shift in in power and dynamics once you tell the truth. Because you telling the truth and having a completion conversation, you stepping up in the wall and be like, this is me. This is how I am. I'm not going to be different. I will not change. I will not adapt. You have to adapt. And most people don't really like that. Because like, I've been adapting all my life. Who do you think you are that you're stopped adapting to me now? You think you're such a smart ass? Those millennials. <laughs> so evaluate the danger to tackle the fear that you have about the completion talk. Another thing, bring a friend or have that support network. Um, have someone hold your hand. I had uh, I had a really nice experience when for the first time I I uh, did something really scary. And my friend, he just like I didn't tell like I, I didn't even realize how scary it was for me. I just noticed that I'm like I'm like this. And my friend, he just put his hand on my back and he held his hand on my back. He was having conversations and I was like, and that just having his hand felt really good. And I felt supported. So I thought, I thought hmm, that's important. Um, so the other way to tackle your fear is work with a therapist or coach. 
aka me or other radical onset trainer, people who know about emotional completion and who also encourage you to go and have conversations with people in your life. <laughs> um, what basically what we do or what I do, and I don't know what other trainers do, but what I do is I I look what's getting in the way. So you have an idea. Usually people after the workshop is like, I should go and have those conversations. I know it would be better for me, but I just keep on not going and just sabotage it. So I look at that. Like what's good about, like what is what is getting in a way for you naturally be driven, feeling confident and wanting to have those conversations? Because we do want to feel more connected and express ourselves, especially people that we think that we don't, that we cannot. We build our whole life in resistance to those people. So of course we want their, there's something binding and we, there's there, like, we want to go and address the bind. So we work what's getting in the way. And that's when at some point working with a professional, I go like, I think I'm ready now. I think now I know. Now, like I can, I have some, I have some sort of sense of trust that I will not die after I tell the truth, and nobody's gonna die after I tell the truth. And then also evaluate the situation or ask a professional whether it's gonna be a two-way relationship or a one-way relationship. A two-way relationship, which is what we seek as social animals, that I want to be connected to you and I want you to want to be connected to you. And so when we have go to have emotional, when we have that um, completion talk, we have it because we want to have better relationship, better contact with the person that we're talking to, because those are important people in our lives. And we feel frustrated or feels like oh, radical doesn't work or the completion talk didn't work because the other person doesn't like me more. The other person is not doing their, like, they're not, they're not behaving as I want them to behave. What's wrong? Something is wrong. It doesn't work. Why I can't control them? <laughs> I'm exaggerating here because in reality, we all want that kind of connection. And not all people will want the same kind of connection. Not all people have the capacity for the kind of connection that we want from them. So, evaluate the situation is it going to be one-way relationship where you get to share for yourself you get to speak for you you get to express for you so that you feel neutral and complete with that person and when you feel neutral you also feel neutral about how they are with you so if they are not available or they're angry you're hurt or sad it doesn't affect you because you feel neutral if you like understanding compassionate is like yeah i get it you're angry and i love you anyway anyways bless your heart and you can live with that person knowing that the way they are there's nothing for you to do you did your part you feel good you love them no matter what there can be complete assholes horrible people and you have this compassion understanding and you just don't want to hang out with them because they don't like you or they're or they're mean to you Yeah, most of the time people say that they cannot, um, you cannot use radical honesty. Mm. 
you cannot use radical honesty with people who are not available, who do not know radical honesty. And this is not true. I made experiences, especially I use this example four years ago or five years ago. I was in the kitchen with my sister and she was talking and you know, I took my gathered my strength. I, I practiced for this and I um I resented her. My experience and my perception of her changed completely where I felt lots of love to her. And she was just she was continuing being nasty and mean and angry and you know, whatever. That was the day when for the first time in my life I told her that I love her. At the end, I hugged her because I really felt like it. I really love my sister. She's mean to me. She doesn't want to have that kind of warm connection. And I was fine with that. And then I went to therapy to heal the, the longing and, and the wanting for her to love me back. But she's not available for it. So some people are not available for what you want from the type of connection. And that's when you get back to yourself and soothe yourself about not getting what you want. Again. Working with professional is just so much better. If you have the privilege to get yourself into a good somatic therapy um, or work with a radical onset trainer, then that's just, it's just so much better. It helps you to soothe and to reflect and understand yourself much faster than you would do on your own or with friends. <clears throat> so this is all I want to share. I wonder, it's like, I imagine I just like, I shared a lot and I wonder if there is anything that you have unanswered for yourself. Now is the time to ask a question. And then uh, I'm reading the comment from, from YouTube. Hi, Yura. I've been pondering about having a completion talk with a former school bully. If you have thoughts about that, I love to hear them. So bullies, so... The dynamic with being a child, as, a, as children, we don't, we are not safe. As children, we need adults to protect us. And we have an expectation that if when something bad happens, somebody will come and protect us. When this doesn't happen, when adults are not available, neither for protection nor for soothing, nor for appreciation, approval, approving, then we have to survive on our own. And usually we build up a lot of fear. We we had a, we had experienced a lot of fear, and we learned ways how to soothe, um, how to like cope with that hyper arousal in our body. Sometimes we shut down. Sometimes we get I don't know, explode, get cholerics, um, start yelling out of nowhere, have sort of tremors, um, anxiety. Because a bully is someone that is stronger than you, is bigger than you, or they have a higher social status. So that if they if they say something, you, you feel not um, not safe. That you might be outcasted by the classmates, and there is no family to catch you because maybe adults are not available. So know the know the dynamic that as as a child. You didn't have any other way but to survive and to so to go back to have a conversation with the bully you will experience that fear of being outcasted rejected maybe experience that sort of sense of death and this is terrifying so in talking to bullies I, again evaluate the situation is that bully now sitting in jail or they out of jail and they can hurt you if not um 
And if they did, then have a bigger friend who can defend you or, you know, get some sort of support. Do not go there on your own. If that bully is a, norm a normal person that grew out of their um, power game, then um, go and have a conversation saying, hey, I'm, and you will notice the, the, it's like I I'm I saw on Facebook my my school year bullies. I had the same responses I had when I was 12. When I was 13, 14, I had the same response. I shut down, I felt nauseous. I was like, I was like, you know, she had kids, she had pictures with kids, and I was like, she's the most evil woman I know. Although I don't know, maybe she has changed and she's a sweet, you know, middle-aged lady. I have no idea. For me, she's a fucking horrible terror person when I look at her. I had the same kind of sensations. So I had to learn how to soothe, to take care of myself. I brought that to therapy, had conversation, played out roles, which is something that we do in radical honesty with a with an empty chair. We play I played out roles expressing my anger to her. And suddenly I can look at her pictures and be like, okay, she is a mother. And she's she's probably fine, and she probably pretends to be like having a like a pit bull face there, because she also doesn't feel secure in herself and her life. I didn't contact her. I didn't contact her. Speaking correct English, um, and I don't know when and if I'm gonna do it. I would like to, and I'm scared. I'm also scared to go back to my school and tell the dean to my school that he fucked it up. And I, that I'm mad at him for uh, telling me not to like push uh, another boy in school after he pushed me first, because I learned that I cannot defend myself. What a fucking asshole! So the way I imagine I would talk with my bully, I'd be like, "Hey, this is uncomfortable." I would report what I notice in my body, and, it, and I would say, "I'm, I feel I'm still scared of you. I don't like you." I would like to meet with you and have a conversation about the time when you bullied me when we were back at school. And whatever they respond, res re respond to that by noticing your body sensations and reporting what you notice. Okay. Mm. All right. Any more questions? I've been here for almost an hour. I didn't think it's going to take me so long. All right, no more questions. Well, completion talk is a very speci specific, unique thing to do. It also requires a skill. If you're not sure, ask for help. If you are doubting yourself, ask for help. <laughs> if you don't know what to do, ask for help. I'm available. Other radical honesty trainers are available. Do get in contact with us to support you in this journey. It's not something that you need to figure out on your own. You can use support and people to help you. This is what where you get your courage from. This knowing that if you fall, they're going to catch you. There are people that know what you're going through. You're not alone. So... Allow yourself to uh, be held.
I wish you a beautiful day. I'll see you next Monday. <laughs>